Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of the Ball Bags podcast. Episode 8, Season 3, we are absolutely rattling through this season at a rate of knots. Um, firstly, delighted to be joined by the Chief. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Sasquatch. How are you? Not too bad. Dosing a bit of a cough. A1 health-wise, but just a bad cough and a bit of a... Runny nose, so time of the year. Apologies in advance to the listener. Might be some plosives. Um, Tash unfortunately can't be with us this evening. Rocky was scheduled to be with us until about maybe an hour ago, but unfortunately the nation needs him. Um, so we'll we'll do him a, a a service and we'll we'll bring up his points as we progress through the show. But I suppose the main things, obviously, player of the week. Agree to disagree, and then finally, I must watch TV. I'll take the lead, that's okay, and I will bring up my player of the week. Um, bit of an emotional one, maybe less so for the performance, but fitting that, obviously we're recording on Thursday, this is going out Friday. So, Luis Diaz scored the equaliser for Liverpool against Luton. Um, but we're probably all aware of the situation involving his father, and thankfully his father has actually been returned been released by uh, the group that was holding him hostage as of today, uh, officially released. So took a lot of um, strength of character, I think, to take the field, given that's the situation that's ongoing at home when you're thousands of miles away. And I just thought fair play to the bloke, so I give him a mention. But uh, who was your player of the week and why? My player of the week um, is going over to the far side of the Atlantic to NFL and Josh Dobbs for the Vikings he I think he was a pretty much last minute trade line trade deadline uh, from the Cardinals to to the Vikings to plug their quarterback woes and uh, yeah he uh, he he came in and uh, he ran he ran a really good show on Sunday um, I think in the final two minutes he had an 11 play 75 yard drive to lead the Vikings to victory considering he only turned up in Minnesota on Wednesday didn't even know his own teammates names I just thought that's incredible like he he had to learn plays and didn't even know guys names so just yeah what a performance it even it even gets um, kind of exacerbating the fact that he had no reps with the players yeah and I think the head coach was deciphering plays within the headset to him prior to him going on the field yeah wow yeah I actually I I see I seen that about that he, he didn't get to run any reps at all like it was literally running the reps on the field <laughs> apologies guys I'm about to calf here um, but yeah, luck with power through, and then I suppose just to bring up, <coughs> um, Rocky's 
Player of the Week is CJ Stroud, who set all sorts of rookie records, also in the NFL on the weekend. Um, I'm going to bow out here, and I'm going to say Luis Diaz was for emotional reasons, but actual performance, it has to be one of CJ Stroud or Joshua Dobbs. And Chief, I'll give you the deciding factor. Who do you believe it should be? I, I think purely for... The fact that he had so little, he'd no reps and so little time. I'd give it to Joshua Dobbs. The and for, like CJ CJ Stroud was outstanding and like his to beat all rookie records pretty much is phenomenal. But the caveat there is that he's been there from preseason and yeah. So that's why I'd 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 give it to Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was happy with it going to either bloke to be fair so moving on um, next up is agree to disagree and chief it's yourself to deputise yeah so the URC is up and running and Connacht have started with a perfect tree from tree to sit top of the table uh, my question is do we feel this is their best chance in recent years to compete for a league title or has their fact that they've played three matches at home been the biggest factor to that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a good point. Um, definitely a fortress in the sports ground. But it's now for a different reason, and it's the, they they opted for the four G pitch, and it meant that they they play a fantastic brand of rugby, um as opposed to the ten man rugby Connacht was synonymous with for years, <coughs> um but I think the biggest factor is not the fact that they played the three home games at home. I think it's we're still shy of the World Cup stars, and it's kind of difficult to decipher what impact that's going to have on this on the urc and how much headway can be made in the opening weeks that'll stand true as the competition kind of evens out and the the bigger star power returns to the south african sides and the irish sides um but the like one thing i would definitely say is i don't know if anyone's actually seen this if you're someone in the west of ireland connacht have a package for four games all at home, obviously. Two Champions Cup games, two URC games, one of which is Munster. Um, I think it's Munster <coughs> <coughs> on Stevens' day. I think. And it's 110. Yeah, more. I think Leinster, it's Leinster Stevens' day and Munster on New Year's Day. But, but maybe that's but the yeah, and two And two URC, or sorry, two Champions Cup games at home. And it's phenomenal value. Like. Mm. You know, if the other provinces were to do a package like that, it'd be snapped up. Hmm. And uh, like the Connacht package probably will be snapped up. Like it's such a good deal. Like even if you only made two of those games, it's it's worth it. Yeah, like fifty five quid. Like you wouldn't mind fifty five quid to go see a, a Champions Cup game yeah. on its own. So uh, yeah, definitely worth it. Uh, but that was kind of a bit of a sidebar, I suppose. Yeah. It's 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 hard to know. The Connacht are, I would argue, Connacht are producing a lot of talent. At the minute, they're they're young. 
there. I think months have kind of turned the tide in recent, kind of the last kind of season and a half, I would say. But it was they were trending to being the second best province in terms of production. Yeah. Say over the last five years, but uh, with like Leinster obviously are dominant in terms of production when it comes to the national side. But yeah, there's seems to be a lot of good people in and around the boardroom as a. I know it's a province, but as a club, as a sporting organisation, they're definitely progressing nicely. Um, the new pitch is huge. Yeah. I think um, I think they've got an, uh, like the promotion of Pete Wilkins as the the head guy from Andy Friend and stuff. Like, but that con- continuity, the guys he's brought in around him, like Scott Fardy is there, uh, Johnny Sexton's brother Mark. Sexton is there now as well. They've they've brought in they've brought in some good pieces. John Muldoon is back. Um I think. Um but some of the signings they've made, like JJ Hanneran, I think, is a phenomenal signing for him because he covers 10, 12, and fifteen for them. But mm. probably carries more of a running game threat than Jack Carty. So they're not as dependent on Jack Carty to play all the big games in, in the season. Um, Joe Joyce in, in the second row to back up the Murray brothers and uh, like they're just I think they've assembled a pretty good squad as well as what they've developed so they're, yeah like Johnny Perch has come in the last few years uh, your man Kilgallen as yeah. well I really enjoy watching him play as well they have a lot of nice pieces um, Cottle Ford actually another um, mm. another very good player you know I think um, oh, yeah they're, they're going to cause problems. Like, look, the, that was a big win uh, last week come, coming from, I think, there were 20 points to three down uh, against Ulster. And to, to yeah. win it, you know, in the last 10 minutes, 22-20 was huge. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, they've pretty much continued on their form from the end of last season. Um and th- I suppose this year was kind of the opposite uh, to their start. So because of their new pitch, they started away, like did a, their South African yeah. trip away. And I think they played five maybe games away on the bounce or something or something like that. So, yeah, like you take you take your wins. I know we're saying about the World Cup players not being back, but you you take your wins when you get them. Absolutely. And they, like someone has to take advantage of that vacuum of talent if that makes yeah. sense so why shouldn't it be Connacht I just wonder how how long of an opportunity they'll have to kind of build a foothold that like look Leinster the Stormers they're going to come back and chip away into that but it's how like you're probably looking at the Leinster Munster game at the end of November so if Connacht can stack a few wins between now and then yeah who knows Um yeah, I think so. And look, Connacht were desperately unlucky last year too. Yeah, like they they could have they could have won their semi final as well. Um, they pushed the Stormers to the yeah. End, like. I think that Europe might trip them up a little bit though. It's it's Champions mm. Cup rugby, but challenge it on two fronts. They'll they'll want to make the knockouts of the Champions Cup for financial mm. reasons and pride as well. Um, mm. But that might be. It could be their downfall, uh, trying to compete on, on two fronts. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just don't, yeah. just don't have the depth that they lend. Yeah. Fair. Um, 
time the timer did just switch on so i'm just gonna quickly jump through kind of a new uh introduction into the sports world and particularly the nba so last weekend the nba in-season tournament kicked in um, so effectively it's it is your traditional regular season games but allocated fixtures are going to count towards the seeding for an in-season tournament which will take place in vegas in february um, it's believe it or not heavily inspired by the fa cup and that's why it started last weekend i kind of thought it's very early into the season to be starting this when you just go up and running but it was to marry up with the the weekend of the first round of the fa cup that's why it's kicked off it's going to be on tuesdays and fridays throughout the season culminating in obviously an actual tournament in vegas around february time i think um obviously ugly courts aside i don't know if anyone's seen any of the footage some of the courts were they put in special courts for the games some of them were absolutely horrendous and i saw um i hope they go back to the drawing board and that piece but i suppose what are, you, what are your thoughts Chief? yeah so i actually i caught the tail end of the bulls game against the nets which was their first uh first match up in 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 this in-season tournament and one thing i will absolutely agree on is the courts are horrendous like the the bulls one is pretty much red i, I like the the bull itself in the center that's about it but it's like and considering i support a lot of red teams it's too much red yeah. <laughs> um i i like the concept of this though um but i don't i don't necessarily think it's going to solve problems that are there uh in the nba i i think possibly reducing the number of regular season games um, yeah, i think you know, and even shake up the playoffs a bit. I I think the early rounds of the playoffs possibly reduce it to a best of five series, and then your Eastern Conference Finals, your Western Conference Finals, and the and the finals themselves, best of seven series. Yeah, it's um, I think for me it's gonna actually kind of sit in the wrong spot, um. So for two reasons. One, I think it's very hard to get sides to work around load management now. Stars in the NBA are fixated on load management. And I mean, you're lucky if your star player plays 60 of the 82 games. In Jordan's era, they would have played close to 82 games. No ifs, no buts, uh, no coconuts. And then gone on to the playoffs. The problem with this is... It's 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 a concept that should appeal, especially the in season tournament, the actual tournament itself in Vegas. It's a t- it's something that should appeal to sides that know they're probably not going to make the playoffs, and if they do, they're one and done, or they're going to make the play in as well, which is still going on. So you, you kind of got the regular season, the, the in season tournament, the play in, then the playoffs. Yeah, it's a lot of different concepts going on, but I think the sides that would benefit from this the most are those sides that can afford to pick up a few extra games because they're not going to make the playoffs. And it's maybe a nice bit of silverware they could fight for for the fans who've maybe been starved of silverware for a while. But they're not going to want to compete in this because it's going to affect their draft standing. Yeah. So you're going to have players looking to not play in it. 
you're going to have sides potentially looking at strategically tanking in it. I just think, as you said, you kind of got to the point before I got to the question. And that I think the solution is dropping the games because then you kind of make the games more urgent as a byproduct. Um, <coughs> like, we talk a lot of NFL here. The reason it's so encapsulating is because every game of the regular season matters. Mm. It's 17. People will argue, look, it's, it's not as important until after Thanksgiving. But there's sides that we know we're now not going to make the playoffs. And it's another few weeks of Thanksgiving. So every game does yeah. matter. It's all yeah. Um I think that that point about like the teams that haven't had success um for either a short time or a long time, it's something to catch on to. But as you say, if it affects your draft picks, you're gonna tank then anyway. So you're like, mm. I'm not gonna go for the in season tournament, I'm not you know if I just miss out on the playoffs, I get, I move up a couple of places in the in the draft, and yeah, I think you're right though as well. Like Jordan's era and stuff, there was no question of player management. Like you know, you mm. think of his flu games and stuff like that. It's like you just played, you got on with it. Um, this is the flu podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but now it's like. You're right. You don't know. You don't always see your best players out, and it's like with with the NBA. There's so many games. It really doesn't matter until it's close to the playoffs, until the regular season is almost done. Yeah. And I can see the point of having this here, but you're still probably going to end up with the same teams in this in in season tournament that are going to end up in the playoffs. I, I, I don't see it driving the the other teams to necessarily do better in it. Um, so, yeah, I think... There's a small subset of teams that are kind of 8 seed to... 12th. Maybe 10th, uh, yeah. 11th seed. Yeah, 12th in their conference. Like that, That's who it's kind yeah, of... Kind of aimed at, at yeah. Probably, probably someone like the Bulls and the Knicks and stuff like that that... You know, they, they don't have consistent regular seasons to, like, okay, the Bulls got in the, the play-in tournament last year, lost that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, if they can, I suppose, if they get some success, it's good for the fans. Is it good for the game itself? Probably not. Yeah, it's hard, hard to know. Yeah. Stage. I, know I know it's in its infancy. Like, it's only had the, the first round was Friday. So, um, yeah. It's it's hard to know. Fair, um, and I suppose look, Rocky did send on his point. Can only consider this being a dig at myself as an Arsenal fan <laughs> after the weekend that's just been. But uh, if you do me honours, Chief, would you mind reading it out? Yeah. So, officiating in sports, which sport does it right, or does it best? <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah. Um, we potentially have a bit of a slight advantage as fans of multiple sports, but anyone that's a diehard of a specific sport is going to say that their officiation is the wrong. best. Or yeah, I think 
a lot of kind of sports kind of tend to nail it for a very short period and ultimately it's very like to, to, to put a bit of conjecture on it we I'd say it was maybe episode one or episode two we discussed the NRL Grand Final and I kind of mentioned that it was an exceptional game if anyone gets a chance go back and watch it the reason it was an exceptional game is the referee blew the whistle a total of six times I believe over the course of the entire final which paints a picture that in any sport the key to a good game is the referee not being involved yeah um, in terms of like a purist look at like a, a good involvement now the, uh, the flip side of that is the Spurs Chelsea game on Monday just gone that game was batshit crazy yeah but it was batshit crazy because of VAR involvement players been sent off Spurs inability to chain well sorry Spurs desire to maintain a high line despite being down to 10 and then later on 9, nine. yeah like it was just packed with incident so who does it right um, I I don't know I think we're at a stage where it's individuals officiate well you think of like a Nigel Owens going back years Colaccini in association football there's one or two NBA refs you kind of have an eye on one or two NFL refs Kind of have an eye on yeah. it and good, but I don't think a league is nailing it. No, I think I think they all have their flaws. Um, mm. And I, there's been a few really weird incidents in association football over the last number of weeks, and you'd have to question whether VAR is right, um, or do you go back to human human judgment and trust the linesman the there was far less controversy in a sense um and then the different angles that they use and you like for obviously for fans in the stadium they don't necessarily see it and stuff and it's like what's going on what's this it's uh yeah i just as i say they, they all have their flaws like we've seen it in the in the in this world cup the bunker system um, yeah. I think the the bunker system is still very subjective like it's still down to an individual looking at mm. something it's like well I'm I'm against the the high hit brigade so that's a definite red but then someone else has a bit more takes a bit more context of it. it's like oh well he you'd see he just dipped at the very last second on that frame when I slowed it right down to but when you watch it in real time it's like is it actually a high hit or just a powerful hit? And some some decisions, like I think Namibia had a, a red and then a similar incident for New Zealand in another game was only a yellow. And it's like, there's no consistency. And I think, and that's the same with VAR and you just want consistency. Um, I also think there's a huge elements in these kind of systems so VAR the bunker system going back years to the TMO I think there's an element of overcomplicating a simple process I think the question should always be goal or no goal yeah. penalty or no penalty and try or no try yeah and it's it's a quick watch and if 
you're lambasted in the sun on Monday morning because you were actually off by a millimetre. Well, do you know what? Okay. I'm only watching it once or twice. Yeah. That's it. Speed up the game. Because uh, like, even somebody officiating in the World Cup final I thought was quite poor. But I do think it's... I'm referring to obviously the Spurs Liverpool incident. I think the easy fix there was goal no goal. Yeah. As opposed to like like no goal. It's up to you to overturn. Yeah. Yeah. Do is there any reason I should award the goal? You know, like it's yeah, yeah it's like no. Is it a yes or no goal? Simple as we'll move on. Um yeah, there's there's been there's been a lot of time wasted in video checks and stuff like that. Like, I do, I think the TMO in both league and union is good. It's probably better in in league to be honest. Even like in Super League, it because they don't spend an eternity looking at incidents. To like thirty seconds to a minute, and it's like right next play, whatever it is, or decision made and. Yeah, so I'd possibly argue then that league has some of the best officiating. Yeah, maybe. And look, I, I preface as well by saying I'm not a a viewer of baseball or not a huge viewer of tennis yeah. anymore, so I, I can't comment on Hawkeye. Um, I suppose this actually, became, this actually became a bit of a technology question as opposed to an officiating yeah. question. Um do you know what? Maybe boxing or combat sports are the best officiated. <coughs> they have no technology. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think. Um, like the judges, obviously on the sideline, have technology for, the you know, but ultimately, a referee in boxing or MMA can stop a fight, or, you know, mm-hmm. based on his call, it's not it, the judges don't make those calls. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, they they probably are best to to judge um i think like even in ga like there's i think ga would probably benefit from a tmo no no easiest fix for ga is a few simple things a defined tackle which they've never had yeah and the the problem in the ga present is it's, it's like hand pass crazy the easy fix to that is actually the introduction of basketball rules. So, no, you, once you once you come out of your half, you can't go back. Yeah. And I would say a defined shot clock. It doesn't have to be 24 seconds. But I would say a shot clock needs to be yeah. introduced. Because that changed basketball. Uh, well, actually, it was the introduction of the, the three-point line. Oh, yeah. Which introduced spacing on the floor. And then the shot clock, which introduced pace back into the yeah. game. So, not against the concept either of a two-point line, but that's probably a bit crazy. Yeah. Because um, uh, I think long shooting has gone out of the game. And you don't need it in Harlan either. So. That's Yeah, that's true. Um, Harlan referees sometimes are... Like, they, they, yeah. they let a lot go, which is a better flow to a game. Like, the... You look at the the All Ireland final between yeah. Limerick and Kilkenny, and I think was it the semi final between Kilkenny and Clare. 
a lot of stuff like you know it's just let go and it, it made for a more entertaining game mm. and like by far Hurling is the number one of the of the two male GA yeah. you know the, as a spectator to enjoy um, but you know what we've gone around the houses yeah. and it probably is actually Hurling we've gone around the houses and it probably is I don't think that's what Rocky envisaged. Pro- probably not, yeah. He, he was probably hoping for it. No, it's the NFL. They they, they nail it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Only Philadelphia Eagles games are well officiated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we digress. Anyway, just to quickly finish this out, get you ready for the weekend, here is this week's must-see TV. So I'm going to jump in and I'm going to calm mine out and then I'm probably going to keel over and cough myself to death in the corner. So Chief, you might jump in then and do... Yours and then also just detail Rocky. So, <coughs> nah, I thought I was going to make it through, it didn't. Uh, my must see TV is obviously the clash this weekend. The AFC North, so it's going to be juicy. Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. It's on six o'clock, Sky Sports main event. You don't even need to stay up late. Um, two sides going very well, two incredible de- defenses. Maybe one for the purists, but it's going to be a good game right away, and it, it's going to be crucial in deciding who tops that division so that's mine yeah so Rocky's recommendation uh, for this week is also uh, NFL and it's uh, Sunday at 6 o'clock as well and this is available on NFL Game Pass or alternative methods if need be uh, and it's the Jaguars versus the 49ers uh, another another good Matchup, I think both coming off a bye week. Um, yes, yes, Jags probably slight favorites after the 49ers like recent slump. slump. Um, a few key members come back there, so that should be should be a good matchup. Um, and yeah, that's Sunday, six o'clock as well. And then my own recommendation is uh. Interpro match between Ulster and Munster uh, tomorrow night at 7.35 and that's available on RT2. Yeah, or obviously you'd sent it on, I didn't. Oh yeah, uh, include it in the what, Premier, Premier Sports, Sports, I think, TV yeah. Play, and then the URC uh, TV as well. Perfect. Well look, that's hopefully you set up for a wonderful weekend of sports. I apologise and hopefully I'm not choking uh, throughout the episode next week. But that is all from me. And that's all from me. Thank you and good night.